Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendica. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're back to the regular scheduled programming. Uh, the well-man, Kyle Wozniowski, is missing in action once again. Shocker. Um, but we'll probably see him as we kind of approach Big Ten play for Michigan football once again. But, Mike, we got a loaded show today. We got... Some WWE creative changes that we're going to talk about. We've got some predictions for these new AEW trios titles that we talked about last week. Um, we're going to do a check-in on your Detroit Lions, including a Hard Knocks preview. And then we've also got some fantasy football knowledge that we're going to pass down here. we got some news on that this year. And last but not least, of course, as we've ended the last couple weeks, the AFC North positional rankings. We're going to go through every single team. Uh, we've been doing it all year. Saving the best couple com or saving the best couple divisions for last year, so uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for that um, as we kind of approach the monumental episode 200 for the I'm Always Right Sports podcast. Really appreciate all the support. If you haven't already, if this is the first time listening, please share, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We are available on all your favorite places where you can get your favorite podcasts. So. Please do that. We really appreciate all the support over the last few years. We hope that uh, the show has gotten better and better each and every year. We've tried and strived to do that for you guys, so we really appreciate all the support once again. But, Mike, let's jump right into it here. Um, let's let's talk WWE first, and then we'll, we'll talk trios titles because, you know, we, we just hit on this briefly um, over the last few weeks. We talked about Vince McMahon's retirement. We've talked now about how Triple H has taken over creative. But let's now that we've kind of seen a little bit here, we talked SummerSlam last week. Um, Raw and SmackDown this week was really, really good. Um, the Is it safe to say, Mike, that Triple H's impact already has been felt? Or do you think we're making too much out of this because we know Triple H has taken over the creative process? And we know Vince is no longer working actively, I guess, right now in creative. So do we think that we're just looking at it through rose-colored glasses or do you actively think that, wow, these shows last couple weeks, including SummerSlam, which was the first real big show that they've done without mm. Vince, um, has actually been better? Oh, I think they've been a lot better. I do, too. I, re- I, I, I think really do. I think it's been a big step up. Yeah. I think it's a clear, like, Change big, in direction. Like, big yeah. step up. Yes. Um, I don't think SummerSlam, I, I noticed it as much. Yeah. Um, SummerSlam, I think, like, in terms of, like, hiding the debut yeah. of uh bailey coming back and like yeah, that faction guy. man and yep. stuff i think like the wrestling on that show and the stuff they had going for that show yeah felt just what it was fine yeah, yeah it was like fine yeah. like whatever you're gonna do um but i think the mon like the raw after the smackdown after and the last like two weeks you've just been like wow this show actually isn't boring yeah. to watch right like right. they started raw what was it, the Monday after yeah two, the Monday was it no, two Monday weeks up. two weeks after or whatever and they were like okay we're just gonna do a nice little U.S. tournament yeah so we're gonna do two triple threat matches yep. with people who actually work hard yeah, and right. like to wrestle yeah. and then we're gonna main event the show with the winners yeah so you go through and you had uh, AJ Styles winning the first one yep. and Champa winning the second one I said yeah. oh wait wait hold on Champa 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 yeah like that right. Champa yeah. like from NXT that yeah. Champa right and then he goes off and they just have a banger of a match for 15 minutes yeah. and Champa yeah. wins so now you get Champa and Bobby Lashley tonight yeah, on Raw is, yeah where, Raw where, last week the first hour first off didn't announce it they had a first hour was commercial free I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody realized that yeah it could, I don't think I realized it until they said it because it flowed so well. 45 minutes. 
roughly, mm-hmm. of wrestling in the first hour of Raw. When is the last time we've seen 45 minutes of just let's go and mm-hmm. let's start developing some stuff? Yeah. And then it hasn't the, happened. Yeah. And then the SmackDown, <laughs> this past SmackDown, yeah. you sit there and you go, okay, Ricochet comes out, has and, a good match, and Baron you go Corbin. with Baron Corbin, yeah. you go, they get the time. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Yeah. Ricochet's actually right. a good wrestler. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah. They have a big women's. Yep, battle gauntlet. gauntlet match. Yep. Shayna Baszler comes out, looks like a badass. Yep. Who would have? Who knew that yeah, one? Yeah. Crazy. And then they haven't been able to build a big star for Roman. Yep. It seems like two years because yep. they've just been bringing back Drew McIntyre yep. and Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Yep. Literally, the first SmackDown Triple H has. Yep. Karen Cross walks out, knocks out Drew McIntyre, yep. puts the time yep. capsule thing, yep. whatever it is, the sand yep. thing there, and goes, "I'm after you." All of a sudden, I'm like, Karen Cross is here. Yeah, exactly. So in yep. the span of one week, yep. you built up Champa to be legitimate for the U.S. title. Yep. Ricochet's not terrible anymore. Yep. Shayna Baszler's a badass going after the SmackDown Women's title, and Karen Cross can legitimately go fight Roman Reigns. Yeah. In a week. Yep. Yeah. Literally, it's 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 it sounds so simple, and yet it all happened in one week, and you go. I don't know what's going on. Yes. Because it's just pure excitement all the way through. And, just, and I have this feeling like just wait until you can pull Johnny Gargano back in the mix. Oh, yeah. And you get him well, in there. And, and let's, let's, stay, let's stay on that topic for a second. So the report is is that Triple H isn't done. Yeah. He's not done reshaping the roster. He's not done finding guys, some of the more recently released people. We already kind of know that Sasha and Naomi are back in the in the mix again. Yeah, doing the, the women's tag, tag titles are coming back. Yeah. Right? So don't be shocked to see them just be in the damn tournament, quite frankly. I would not be shocked if that's, like, the last team announced for that. Um, So the fact that Triple H talked them off the ledge, where we both were like, Sasha's gone. Mm -hmm. It's clear she's gone. And now immediately Vince is gone, and they're like, maybe you just come on back. And like, all right, we'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back. Um, The fact that you can tell that that it's been a clear directive, we have to build depth because we have no depth, especially Mm -hmm. on Raw. Good God, they have no depth on Raw. Um, to highlight even a guy like Mustafa Ali, Champa, AJ's back. You put the Miz in there, all solid workers, right? Dolph Ziggler was back, featured again. You know, making doing that little promo about the United States Championship, going through the lineage, the Harley races, the you know the Bradshaws, the Bretts, the Booker T's, the Cenas, making that a focal point of the show. Roman's not on the show tonight. He's on SmackDown. So we're going to make the other singles championship we have with Bobby Lashley, former multi-time world champion, as the focal point of this show where we're going to have two banger triple threats and then end it on a banger of a singles match where we then elevate somebody new Mm -hmm. into a prominent program. Yeah. What? what, Really? Yeah. Like, it seems so simple. Yeah, and it gets me really excited to the idea... That once I'm excited for Mania. Yeah, once once for. once this Reigns reign yeah. slowly ends, whenever it's gonna end, yeah. or they at least just split the WWE yeah. title off of him. Yeah. And now you have a world title on both shows that they people can that be fighting right for. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, oh, now right. if you yeah. throw just the idea of having Cody on SmackDown and Rollins on Raw, yeah. and you just get yeah. Gargano, yeah. Champa, yeah. name a guy, name a guy, throw in some NXT guys. Yep. Um, and they're all just going to be fighting for those world titles. Mm-hmm. You, with what Triple H's writing is yeah. and, and their creative is, it's just like, ah. Oh. And even NXT, right? Fatal 4-Way for the tri- for the te- NXT Women's Tag Titles goes 
30, 40 minutes mm-hmm. and lets them and directly impacts AEW's programming that next day yeah. to let the women go longer. Like it's subtle things like that where you're giving people the moment, less scripted promos, more improvisation in their both in their matches and in their promos. Those types of things are what the real performers are like, yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. And that's what's going to really, I think, freshen up this. I am so excited for the first couple non-core four pay-per-views mm-hmm. because I think you're going to walk away and be like, holy crap. It's yeah. going to feel I have... more semblance to these NXT takeovers. Yeah, that we had that's before. what I was going to say. Is yeah. I think I think the big four yeah. are going to feel like WWE pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, of course. But I definitely think like Extreme Rules. Yeah. It's yeah, going to be like right. the TLCs, TLCs of the world yeah. are going to be like, oh, this is a takeover feel. Yeah. Yep. And that makes me crazy. Because at the end of the day, right, if we're being honest, the core fours, right, they're monumental shows, right? They're always stadium shows. You have to have something for everybody on those shows, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, like the Logan Pauls of the world, those celebrity appearances, that kind of stuff, you have to. It's, mm-hmm. it's They're moment makers, right? That's what those shows are for, right? Everyone's, and then you sprinkle in good wrestling in between those moments, right? Like, I think we can agree. The past few years, WrestleMania was really was pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Because you had a little bit of everything. You had some good wrestling. You had some moments, right? You had some things you're like, wow, I never thought I'd see that. That's what those shows are for. The other eight months out of the year, though, if I see the same six matches three months in a row, I'm going to mm-hmm. lose my mind. And it yeah. makes those core four pay-per-views feel a little more special because it's a different presentation than everything else that we're getting on television every mm-hmm. single week. I'm extremely, extremely excited to see where this goes. You know, the the there's a clear plan. There's a clear directive. It feels so much like we talk about that so much on the show. A clear direction, right? Mm-hmm. A clear path. And it, for the first time in a while, it feels like WWE is like, no, 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 no. We need to reform kind of how we're doing things yeah. here. And I think, I think for the first time since AEW started, yeah. I'm actually worried that now that Vince is out yeah. and if Triple H keeps doing really good that people because WWE has more brands yeah. and more cha- and more potential or like oh, yeah. more, they're, more they're opportunities a, they're a bigger company yeah. straight up like the guy the guys who aren't maybe even like Andrade like oh, yeah. he he could sit there and go so I can keep being with Roosh yeah. in this tag team here yeah. or maybe I could go be WWE champion there right and I think I think there's a chance because right. I think with Vince there, I think there's no no chance, no chance Andrade is leaving no. AEW to go back. No. But with the Triple H and Creative, I think him guys like Malachi Black, no. a lot of the AEW guys the who left, left WWE because they're like, wow, I'm just getting treated like Alistair Black was terrible on the main roster when Vince was there. Yep. Great in NXT when Triple H was in charge. Yep. And like those guys who are like, man, Triple H is in charge of the main roster now. Yep. So maybe if I go to Raw, I can actually compete for the U.S. title and make yep. it meaningful. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, so I think I think I, for the first time for AEW, I'm worried that a big influx of AEW guys, even though they're signed for like yeah. four year contracts, mm-hmm. over the course of four years, I do think a lot of guys are gonna be jumping I ship mean, now. Here's the thing, right? And I think it's gonna be more of a balanced jumping ship yeah. than okay WWE. Yeah. Then it was just yeah. a mass WWE exodus to AEW. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like oh one or two guys don't like it here. They're well, gonna go over. AEW's gonna go over and there. You're starting it's to go back see forth. some of these guys too from AEW. The Joey Janellas of the world, right? We're kind of like, listen, I, they just stopped talking to me and yeah. they just let my contract expire. Like, so mm-hmm. you're already starting to see some peaks and some cracks in that. You know, everything is beautiful. Everything is all all the time is roses and rainbows, right? Mm-hmm. It's never gonna be like that. So, and Cody defecting clearly shows that, right? That there was some sort of there's, you know, it's not all perfect over there. No. But 
the fact that you have somebody who was a wrestler who has now taking over and is going, listen, we have to, we have to catch up. We have to get with the times here. Mm -hmm. We have to give people what the hell they want to see. We have to start pushing some of these new guys. We can't keep running. Now, listen, I think some of their main event scenes not going to change. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns is a very viable main event yes. pretty much anywhere. But if we hadn't seen it six months ago, I think people would be a lot more excited mm -hmm. about it, right? So the fact that they're throwing in guys like Karen Cross, and once again, it goes back to my principle. If you bring somebody in as a top guy and present him as a top guy, the only thing left for the fans to do is perceive him as a top guy. Mm -hmm. Karen Cross did more in five minutes on SmackDown on Friday than he had done the entire time he was on the main roster the first time, clearly, that's not hard, and anything he's done in his career. He is more important right now, in this mm -hmm. moment, than he ever has been in before, yeah. even as NXT champion, mm -hmm. because of just that simple, I just took out the number one contender, and I pointed at the guy who has been the world champion for three years, mm -hmm. fifth longest reign ever, and says, you're next, basically. Yeah. So it, it's so simple. Yeah. I, once again, we keep going back to it, but like, I it's so frustrating because you're just like, God bless America. Yeah. Like you, why? Why can't we get this? Yeah, and I think I think every like week it goes on, yeah. we're just gonna go, man. If Vince would have left like six months ago, I know it just would have been like, oh, yeah. the, like we would be at like yeah. such a farther point oh now. God. I know, like like already, yes. like we would like like SummerSlam would have been built so differently. You know, five months ago. What you know what I mean? Like about now is, what is the Rumble gonna look like? Yeah, because because in in my world, I still think Cody should get it. Probably, probably, but at the same time, he was, you okay, can't so, guarantee that so shit the, now. So the fun thing about the Rumble, yeah. is if the titles are so unified, yeah. I think it's hundred percent Cody. Yeah. and I don't think there's much of a debate. And because, I think it should be because you ca you kind of have to like you can't give you gotta it finish to, that. Yeah, because yeah. you got to finish that off and blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. If somehow at this clash of the champion, whatever, well, and, and, or and to your point, right? There have been talks of doing an interim championship on Raw. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know why they just don't split them again and just go, Roman, yeah. you got to pick if, one. If somehow you could, like, if when they cash in the money in the bank, if yeah. they take one title right. or if someone's right. only going to challenge for one, however that happens and the titles are split. They're going to split at some point. Or you they have can't. two separate championships on Raw and SmackDown. Right. I think the Rumble gets very interesting yes. because I think Cody will still challenge for the world title, right. but it doesn't mean Cody has to win the Rumble, right. which means the opportunities are endless. Le legitimately endless. I'm going to throw names at you right now, like a Braun Breaker coming yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, right? he could They're win super it. super behind him, right? He's an athletic dude. Give him his name back, and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. oh, shit, here we go, right? Yeah. There is a lot of opportunity. There is. If, if you have naming i mean rounds is always the easy name to throw yeah, out there yeah. but there's a whole bunch of guys who are yeah. in that bobby lashley can be yep. world champion on, yep. on raw or whatever mm -hmm. you name any of those guys and then you like you said braun breaker um champa it's, it's, gargano it's coming back and shock, shocking finn. everyone finn, finn balor aj yeah. Scott. like you name any of these guys can yep. go in win the rumble yep. and then and we're off there we go yeah and then you can have cody and reigns doing their thing for the universal Think of it this way right now what we have programming on wwe television right now then we'll, we'll switch to AEW here in a second is looking at it. So you've got Drew McIntyre versus Roman for the world title. Mm -hmm. You're going to have Bobby Lashley and Champa tonight, uh, on Monday night. You're going to have Shinsuke and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. You have the Usos who are in a record-breaking reign right now. You've got fan favorites and Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair just hitting their stride mm -hmm. in, as women's champions with Shayna Baszler already challenging Liv. And you got Bailey probably challenging Bianca. 
That's some pretty good freaking programming that we have to look forward to. Some good, yeah. high-stakes title matches. Yeah. And then you've got Edge and Finn mm-hmm. as the feud going into probably, because Edge is booked for the rest of the month on Raw. Yeah. So you know we're getting Finn and him at, at Clash of the Castle. Yeah. That's some pretty damn good booking, Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think I think Clash of the Castle is going to be a really good show. It's going to be a really good show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, like you said, you just throw out all those possible matches there. Or even throw on Monday. Montez Ford going 18, 20 minutes with Seth Rollins. Yeah. Showing and just giving you that little bit of taste. Because Triple H hears that crap. Oh, yeah. And they hear it. Triple H, they want yeah. the breakup. And he goes, oh, we're going to tease it right now. Yeah. And then we're going to let Montez go out there and have a, a back-and-forth match with one of the top five wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. And come this close to beating him. Yeah, and then when he when he eventually does when they yeah. do break up, yeah. and then it's like oh he, yeah, he beats yeah. Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title, and then yeah. you're just rolling. And and you're like, like there you oh, go. Okay, yeah, this makes sense. He he went you know he went toe to toe with Rollins. What I would be really excited for, yeah, and I've never been excited for it since 2016 when they tried it. Yeah. If they do an actual brand split, oh my god, I know. with what I Triple know. H can do, yeah, I know. It would actually be good. Like, yeah. would I would actually be excited. The last like four years, when they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do the superstar, superstar shakeup," yeah, or the stupid. or the or try to do a brand split or whatever, and I go, "Okay, but Roman's gonna be on both shows," and blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. Like, I think legitimately having split rosters, yeah. Raw and SmackDown champions. with two champions, I just missed the and WWE having to be champion in the world heavyweight title. Don't yeah. you? I I, I, I like the world heavyweight title. I, I did too. I just missed but, having the two. But uh having Triple H be the lead creative for both sides. And if you can get as guys the, like Paul guy if you get like, guys like Paul Heyman or guys you trust to be like the heads of both sides while you're the overseeing on both, yeah. I think you can have an actually really good plan split mm-hmm. with like Champa being on one side, if you Gargano. Use the depth that you if you have, have yeah, because you have huge depth, yeah. you just use the same six people normally yes. every single time. Exactly. But I think it could be the and, most exciting if they said October thir- 31st on Halloween, we're doing a brand split. I'll sit here right now and go, I'm so excited for October yeah, 31st. Right, exactly, exactly. I'd be, sure. I'd be pumped. It is. I can't, I can't lie. It's the I first be time in a while you feel like the program is actively being refreshed. And yeah. you're like, all right. I actually, am, I, am, I, am, I am the seat. I'm actually excited to maybe try to sit down and watch a Raw and SmackDown yeah. like I do for like AEW shows. Right. Like I'm exactly. actually like, oh, Clash of the Castle. It's like if you had Clash of the Castle – this card that we're talking about and all out on the same night. Yeah. You go, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Like normally yeah. with Vince in charge, yeah. like we love Vince, but with Vince in charge, you go all out probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty like, do you want Lesnar and Reigns again? Or do you want the, yeah, like right. Kenny and whoever? Right. But now it's like with, with Triple H in charge, it goes, yeah, I don't know. This card yeah. could be pretty awesome. Right. There's a definite, and that's that's focus. how good it's kind There's of getting. There's a renewed focus on in ring work. There's a renewed focus on the character development portion of it. And you can really feel, I think the talent too is like, all right, talent's pumped. They're like, we we like this. Yeah, with Stephanie as CEO and stuff, I eh, it's gonna be fun. I think I think I think we're gonna start hitting a stride and like for a year. I do too. I really do. Um, All right, let's just focus a little bit to AEW here. We talked trios titles last week. Um, I do still feel like this is a little bit of a. We got to fill some time on television, so let's put yes. some banger six mans out there, which I'm not going to complain about. I'm all, no. I'm all. For I, listen, I, I do think, I do think part of it's the filler thing. Yeah. I do also think though that like they were just like we just need something for everyone else to do. Yeah, also, for sure. and I think now you're at the point where it's like every week you could just throw a title match on TV now, basically, and you're. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're fine. Right. So yeah. I think that I think there's a there's a couple reasons why you have this trios yeah. title. Um, but I am. 
all for is, it. Is there now, a- I do think there's a chance that, like, in, like, four months, I go, I'm kind of over the six-man <laughs> stuff. But as of right now, I'm, like, I think it could be awesome. Um, are you – I mean, are you in the same mindset that I am that basically there's two teams that need to be in the finals and be done with it? I Yes. <laughs> yes, but I do think the final four, there's four teams that should be in the final yeah, four. Right, yeah. Like, let's just get to that. Yeah, let's just get yeah to like, that I, think, I think when you see the bracket, just, like – Generally, most brackets yeah. that come out, even go, for WWE, and you go, you're going to get like the four teams that you think are going to be in it, and then you get like the gun clubs and private party with Matt Hardy's yeah. and whoever, and you go, so those are just the teams that are just going to get have good matches but lose pretty yeah. early. And then I think me and you could both come in agreement. We think the final four should yeah. be undisputed elite. Yep. Whoever the Bucks are with, either Kenny or Hangman, whoever yeah. that ends up being, um, Blackpool Combat Club and House of Black. Yeah, are probably the four. Yeah. I think you could switch out. I think you could switch out Black, combat club. Combat club with for, uh, Lucha uh, Bros. Triangle. Yeah, yes. Lucha Bros. and Pact. But I think generally the three of the four are like locked. Yeah, and the fourth one is yeah, between I, one or two. Teams. And I really do think that it needs to be. Unless I will also throw out if FTR found like if I'm not thinking of someone and FTR found a really good teammate. Yeah, you could throw FTR in there. Yeah, because they're not going for the tags right now, so I might as well. Yeah. Um, they might challenge Swerve in your glory. Who knows? I don't know what good. they're going to do. They should beat them. They should definitely beat them. Immediately, but it's fine. Um, but, uh, no, I, I'm totally with you there. I, I, I'm of the opinion, once again, right, when you have champions, when you're, when you're debuting new championships, you have an opportunity to elevate people, right, mm-hmm. or to make people, bring people back into the form of relevancy. Yes. And I do think this is the perfect time to put these titles on Adam Cole and Red Dragon because – Cole hasn't won a meaningful match since he beat Samoa Joe. And before that, he hadn't won a meaningful match pretty much since he's got to AEW. Mm-hmm. Lost all his title matches. He hasn't beaten anybody yeah. yet. So you bring him in as top guy and then have him immediately lose six times. That doesn't really help. Red Dragon, same way. They haven't been firmly in that tag division. They lose the one triple threat tag with the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. They haven't been there. Kyle has kind of flirted as being a single for a minute there. I just think this is the perfect time to reestablish those three guys as legit. You don't need the Bucks to win. The Bucks are two-time AEW Tag Champs. The Bucks are the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Kenny's Kenny. Hangman at this point is already a former world champion. He's done it all. You don't need them at this point to win the to win those titles. I think it needs to firmly be the undisputed era, elite, whatever the hell they call themselves now. Yeah, undisputed elite. It, it needs to be. It needs to be them. Yeah. I, I mean, I I I don't. Uh, disagree with yeah. you. I think if I want to make a uh, different argument, yeah. the only other team I think that should win is House of Black. House of Black. I agree with because you. Because I think yeah. they're legitimately almost they are in the exact same team. They yeah. are a three man team. I yeah. think they're in the exact same boat yes. where Malachi had a really good thing with Cody going, yeah. lost the third match. Yes. But since then, it's like you've been having these like mini feuds with other people, but right. like you haven't really done anything to your potential yet, especially right. with people like Brody King and Buddy Matthews on yeah. your roster. Mm-hmm. And just like Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Brody Brody yeah. King just Florida, won that yeah. just yeah. won that Rampage Royal Rumble thing that they yeah. did when we were there in Detroit. Yeah. Had that World Title match and lost. Just like Kyle O'Reilly versus Moxley and lost. Like they've kind of like. Both teams have been on almost the exact same trajectory yes. where you have the one leader yep. who hasn't done a lot, yep. the secondary guy who's yep. had that one shot but didn't get it, and then the third guy who's kind, kind of there right now. Yeah, right. So I think if, if you wanted to upset the Bucks yeah. for the championship, yes. I think House of Black versus Undisputed Elite, yeah. and then we could legitimately sit here and argue which and one should win. And then at that point, it's like, okay, well, either way, I think we're okay. I yeah. just think... 
you've, I think I I will come out and say I personally want Undisputed Elite because I think yeah. they're a better promo. Yeah. And so for a week to week basis, I think they could be yes. like, oh, you know, screw you, swerving your glory, right. and name a yeah. guy whoever they team with. Lee Moriarty, I don't yeah. like you guys, and then like you have a big match with them or whatever. I but also, I just I'm, like House of Black. I think should be in that like yeah for sure. They haven't done much. Yes, and I think that the reason why I'm tending to lean more towards the undisputed Lee is strictly because of Adam Cole. Yes, and not because That's, I'm a I am an Adam Cole fanboy. I will admit that portion, but it's not even that. It's the it's the thought of okay, you bring him in, and he's supposed to be. You know, it's like oh my gosh, Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole's here. And then immediately after that, though, you go and say, okay, great, and then womp womp. Yeah. Now, he's been hurt. He yeah. has not helped. But he lost clean to Hangman twice. Yeah. He takes the pin at Forbidden Door. Yeah. He's got one big win over mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, who then proceeds to not be on television ever again either, for the Owen Hart thing. He hasn't, like, you gotta, yeah. like, you gotta do something here, mm-hmm. right? And it's, you can't say he's a top guy and not treat him like a top guy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. So, in the same vein, I go, man, you gotta throw him something here. Like, no offense, but the Owen Hart Memorial Cup winner belt thing, mm-hmm. he ain't defending that thing, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's gotta be, you gotta give him something here to, to make him feel relevant again. Yeah. And at the same level. Because yeah. at some point when this spins off and it's him versus Kenny or him versus Hangman again, one of those two, hopefully it's Kenny. Uh-huh. Now you feel like there's a legitimate yeah. struggle there instead of Kenny just blowing right through him. Yeah, and again, I, I'm not dis- – I don't disagree. Yeah. I th- legitimately think it's one of the two, yeah. and I wouldn't be – I would prefer – like if we had the final of Unspeed Elite and House of Black, I would prefer Unspeed yeah. Elite. But I'm not going to sit here and go, that is just – Terrible. Yeah, terrible how could you right. ever do house of black like right. i'm not like if like like if lucha bros and Pac won it i would go okay I, because lucha bros are tag champs yep. Pac's the all-in champ like you don't need that right. same thing with the bucks and kenny like they've been like you said they've been they've champions or whatever they've yeah. done it they don't really need it right now they yeah. can they can win it in four months and just do their thing with it right. but yeah i think for the first inaugural champions i think one of those two teams right definitely should be the winners yes. and honestly unless you want to do the civil war Elite yeah. thing for the championship. Yeah. I would actually prefer almost the House of Black versus yeah. Undisputed Elite because yeah. I'm not going to say it's a better match because the Bucks and Kenny are awesome matches. But I do think it's 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 really a throw. It's Kenny's back. Yeah, yeah, it's really just a toss up between the two, yeah. and I prefer having the toss up of the two rather than like as long as I don't see Hung Bucks versus Undisputed Elite like round one. Like, oh, I want to get this out of the way now. Yeah, well, don't do that. Yeah, just don't do that. Let us wait. You like, can even do it summer. honestly. If if your you plan is not semifinals, fine. Yeah, I was gonna say if if you don't have the plan for them to fight in the finals, have them in the semifinal, and yeah. then have Undisputed Elite beat them in the semifinal. Right. And then be like, oh, we were in your way to get there, or whatever. Right, you right. know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't even hate that. But yeah. it's either finals or semifinals. They should meet, and Undisputed Elite should probably beat them. Yeah. Now yeah. it just depends on how, how you want. House I'm Black excited to go. for the tournament, though. It's gonna be good television. You know me, I'm a sucker for a tournament. Yeah. Always. The, the tournament should be announced. Soon. I would assume this we week, sometime this yeah. week, because All Out's the fifth. Right. We're draft. So I can keep track of our draft calendar because that's when we're <laughs> drafting. So it's like twenty-eight days, I think, yeah. or twenty-seven days yeah. until. I think it's twenty-eight days from technically yesterday when you're hearing this, mm-hmm. but like the Sunday. Yep. Um. So yeah, I would assume if it's like an eight-man, ten-man tournament, they would have to announce it this week or next week. Mm-hmm. And then when we get it, we can go over the bracket. But yeah, it'd be very exciting for sure. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's talk some fantasy football, Mike. We just Ooh. hit on it a little bit. Um, 
You know, we've talked about this in the past, right? You've got a league, right? Yes. You somehow conned me into joining the league. Was it a con? You didn't even give me a choice. You went, oh, by the way, you're in. Well, you said you – see, here's the thing is you said – I said if you need an extra if, guy, yeah, I will do it. You were like, yes. I, I would do it. Yeah. And I said, well, you get first dibs, so you're in. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, by the way, you're in. I went, oh, okay, apparently I'm in Yeah, now. just so you know. Um, you're drafted. So, yeah, you, we you don't get to, to sit there and do nothing this year, Ron. Know, you you have to actually, actually participate in everyone's day. pick. This time everyone's going to laugh at my pick because yes. they're going to be like, oh, you drafted that guy, huh? Why is there so many lions on your team? <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Can we um, draft a lineman? I would love to have Panay Sewell. Yeah, exactly. Really wanted Frank Rack now in the fourth round. But <laughs> I dig it. His um, his pass numbers are just yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, we, we're we're drafting here in about a month or so. Here, uh, just give me your thoughts. So, Mike, you have we 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 established our draft order, right? So we're not going to go through it because. That doesn't make you, any you, sense. you don't know people. Right, but, but you're drafting sixth yes. this year. I have the second overall pick in a snake draft, 12 people, PPR, right? Pretty standard. Yeah, PPR. For, um, give me your thoughts uh, on the sixth. Where this is all randomized, right? So it's not Mike being nice to me and letting me pick second. You know? Well, I technically did let you pick second, <laughs> but it, it was a randomized way of picking yeah. second, yes. Yeah. Um, give me your thoughts, though, on the sixth pick because there's a little bit conflicting news out there, right? Some people are like, it's a death sentence, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like six. You're not getting the top two, probably uh, receivers, or the top two running backs potentially, right? Yeah. So that there's a chance that happens, right? But also, last time in between your picks on a snake draft, right? Yeah. Overall, blah 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 blah. You don't have that massive wait period like I'm gonna have. Thoughts on um, on where you're at? What's kind of the strategy for those that are maybe in similar predicament that you're in? You know, what What are you looking at? You don't got to give up too much. I know we're in the same league together now, so you can't just spill the beans. <laughs> I know. But, I usually just tell you round yeah, by round who I'm going to pick exactly. every time. I can't do that this year. <laughs> um, go, Ooh, that's a good pick. This year I'm going to be like, shit, that's a good pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at, at six, usually yeah. – so there's a short list of guys, I think. Yeah. I think there's five running backs and two receivers that kind of come off the short list that you probably yeah. could pick at six. Realistically, there's probably about four guys you could pick at six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would think in most traps, Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey and probably Cooper Cup will be gone by pick six. If you can pick one of those four, you snag them with all your lunch money. And then you run. But I would assume those four guys are probably off your board because they won't be there. Um, Five, I think, could be interesting because I think the remaining guys, you got like Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson – if you want to reach Jamar Chase, yep. but those are kind of the four guys at like five and six. Yep. So my stra- my my idea is usually running back early. Now yep. now I say that in the last few years I drafted a receiver, <laughs> but I think um, picking. What did you draft first last year? Devontae Adams. Okay, that's fair. I had Devontae Adams last year. I picked uh, Michael Thomas the year before that. Gotcha. So I picked wide receivers, but I was also picking like three. Yeah. So like it was like Christian McCaffrey. The other, I think Derrick Henry or whatever, yeah. and I was like, well, do I want the third running back or like the best receiver? Right, so I right, went best right. receiver. Yeah. But since I'm not getting what I think is bona fide best receiver, mm-hmm. then I think it kind of goes down to do you want like fourth running back or right. third wide receiver, right, and then right. it's running back. Yeah. But so I tend I tend to lean running back. I would tend to lean either Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. I don't think either one are bad. I think Dalvin Cook gets a lot of catches. In full PPR, Dalvin Cook's probably a little better because he gets the catches. But Derrick Henry literally just averages 120 yards a game. So you're guaranteed 12 points and maybe a touchdown every single game. So both of them are not bad options. Also, Justin Jefferson because he's just an absolute monster. And Kirk Cousins actually... 
popular to contra belief actually has a pretty good touchdown interception ratio yeah. so and a lot of his targets go to justin jefferson or adam thielen yeah. so that's also not a bad option so those three guys um if you if you really like jamar chase He's yeah. not a terrible option, but I think it's a little bit of a reach. Yeah, a little bit to, early, I think. I think yeah, I think Jamar Chase back, is more yeah. of like an eight or nine kind of pick. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people are really hoping to double up and get like Jamar Chase at like eight or nine, and then come back around and get like a DeAndre Swift. I feel yes. like that's a very I think common that's, yeah. combination right yeah. there. And then, the and then coming back around for your second round pick, I think at that point it kind of comes down to it's a little bit how the board falls. Fall, yeah, it's a, it's a board falling thing if. You if like the possibility of like if for some reason Kelsey doesn't go, yeah. he's the easy snag. I think he's probably gone in most leagues. Yeah, give me your thoughts on tight ends because I think that's a little bit of a I think it's a little bit of a hot take, quite frankly. Because now Kelsey Wright is still probably the best. Him and Mark Andrews, you can argue, right? Yeah, I think they're like, the two best for PPR. Like, you know, are you still that high on a tight end like that even in round two because there there's a clear drop off after yeah, that? Yeah. So my thing with tight ends is again it depends on how everyone else drafts tight ends. Yeah. Um, I think there's a low list of like five tight ends that I yeah. think are like bona fide like yeah. point getters. I think you could get Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, probably Kyle Pitts because he's the only guy you're gonna throw to in Atlanta, and uh, George Kittle. Yeah. I think those are five bona fide guys. I think I think once you cut off, it's not a deep cut off, but I think yeah. there's a cut off, and then you get guys like your Hawkinsons, your Dallas Goddard's, yeah. Dawson Knox. Dolan Schultz, uh, Schultz yep. and and Zach Ertz from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like your next five. Mm-hmm. So I think my idea is if you can whip around into the second round at six, and even where you're picking at, where you'd be picking, was it twenty three or whatever it is yeah. total? Once you, if you're kind of around there and you're like, huh, Mark Andrews is still there or Darren right. Waller is still there, right? Comparatively to the running backs and receivers that might be there, yeah, I, I don't think it's a terrible option to take a tight end there. Yeah, um, especially if you take. Like if you took like Dalvin Cook, or or Austin Eckler, say, because that's probably more likely. Right. You take Austin Eckler at second. You whip around, and then your receiver options are like, okay, so I could take like who's who would be a Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen yeah. or you could take Mark Andrews, right. where you're both getting receiving points, but right. Mark Andrews might be a little he's more a consistent, primary, and he's a tight end, where maybe you can get. Amon Ross St. Brown in the seventh who can get right, you right. nine points a game. Right. And now you're going to get a tight end that gets you that many points also guaranteed every week. Like yeah. tight end might not be the worst spot comparatively to what receivers are there because yeah. they're kind of almost the same, yeah. but you need to fill a tight end spot where you like. For sure. So yeah, it's all, it's all about, so it's all about preference at that yeah. point. But I think um, more likely than not, my, my first three picks would be running back receiver slash tight end and then probably running back again because yeah. i'm okay getting running or wide receivers later later yeah, like I, i'd be totally like if you told me in the seventh and ninth rounds i got Cortland sutton and tyler lockett as my receivers yeah you're like okay i can live with that yeah. if i have aaron jones yeah. and dalvin cook and mark andrews as right. my first three right. i think i can live with like those as my receivers then. right you know what i mean so yeah, it's all about preference for sure it's interesting right because the, the philosophy definitely changes right from so when i'm picking at two right you really only have three options if yeah you uh, yeah. taylor it's christian mccaffrey it's cooper cup i yeah. think those are the only three guys that you go and say okay these are really the only three people i'm really considering quite frankly that's yeah. it um and then after that right you got that long wait but then you double back up pretty much immediately right so okay yeah. do you you know, do you reach for that quarterback spot? Do you, you know, do you want to just go back-to-back receiver? Do you go running back receiver? You know, I tend to lean. I'd rather have more good running backs than not because I've been screwed so many years in the past, right, with 
not having the um, you know, enough depth, right? Especially yeah. like your flex spot and stuff like that. Like yeah. you know, running backs. Are just, there's such a massive drop off between the first, the top five or six running backs, and then like after that, like eight through like twenty, mm-hmm. and then twenty after is just dead. There's yeah. nothing there. Rather receivers. You're, you're gonna be 20, 30, yeah, I get, like, like I said, like I can I can find guys yeah. like um, the Amon Ross St. Browns, the Garrett yeah. Wilsons, the Chris Olaves, like later in rounds yeah. where I don't think you can pick like um, Alexander Madison mm-hmm. and feel confident that he's just gonna get you ten to fourteen points every single week. Yeah. I can feel confident that Amon Ross St. Brown could get six catches for thirty yards. Yeah. Nine points in PPR, maybe even get a touchdown there, and then you get fifteen. Like I think there's a good chance Amon Ross St. Brown could get you points. I'm like I don't, I have no faith Alexander Madison or um, Tony Pollard are just gonna (laughs) go out there and just like kill up for thirty points in a week. You know what I mean? So for sure, absolutely. Um, Any guys that you were looking at, like I said, I know it's a little bit tough because we're in the same league, but for the sake of the show, is there one or two guys that you're like actively like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Oh them. yes. Okay. All I right. want. I won't say sleepers because sleepers are guys you actually may want to take. So yeah. maybe people we can. Yeah. Some pitfalls. That I can maybe so, avoid. so I have a personal preference that I don't like James Conner, yeah. running back from Arizona. Right. And every time I draft in my mock drafts, he sits there at like the third or fourth <laughs> round, you. and I just like I just nope. I just I would rather pick almost anybody else. Yeah. Uh, he is someone I'm just like nope. Like yeah. please. Josh, if you're listening yeah. to this at one take time, him. please take him with your third round pick or something, so I don't have to worry about him. I just, I know you like him. I don't like him. Please take him. Yeah. Um. He's he's someone where I go. I don't. I'm also not a big fan of like Zeke as a running back either. Really. I just don't know what he. Yeah. How he's gonna do. Um. If he if he was there in my third round pick. Yeah, I would take him. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, like if he was there at. I'm, he's no longer a first or second round player in my opinion. No, me neither. Yeah. But I guess as a third, as a second running back, like Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, and that uh, Dalvin Cook, Mark Andrews, Ezekiel Elliott. All right, I can live with that. Yeah, you know, yeah. but as a as a like second guy, I would not pick him for, yeah. as a second rounder. So I think he's going to get overdrafted. I think mm-hmm. he'll get drafted in like in our league, probably mid to late second round, like right before maybe like. Rogi or Kate, like right, right before, before you I pick, yeah. I think he might go around there, which I'm going to be like, thank God, because then you'll pick someone I want. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't listen um, to this, Kate. I think there's a couple guys too uh, for me. Like, um, I'm not really high on anybody from the New England Patriots, pretty much at mm-hmm. all. Right, I'll just throw that out there right now. Like, it's going to be a really tough task for me to like start taking somebody there. Um, I think another one too that I think is tough um, is Javante Williams from. Uh, Denver, mm-hmm, the I just, I just don't, I don't see it, and it's nothing against the person, right? And he may have a great fantasy year this year. He might, yeah. But man, oh man, I am not understanding how we're just straight up projecting this guy to be a top ten fantasy guy. Similar to like, I know rookie running backs like Brees Hall, I can get being your third option, right, as your flex player. Oh, yeah, yeah, running back yeah, too. If he was, if, yeah, if he's right. running back two or flex for you. Yeah, that's different. Him, Travis Etienne, same thing. Yeah. But like, like this, like we're expecting Javante Williams to get enough touches to make it worth being your second round pick. In addition to then also having to compete for touches with um, Jerry Judy, with Cortland Sutton, and KJ Hamler, whoever else they have throwing the ball. You just traded for Russell Wilson. I'm guessing you didn't trade all that for to not have Russell Wilson throw the ball. You know what I mean? So I just it, there's a lot of that going on as well in Denver where you go, I don't really know. Um, mm-hmm. 
I just I don't understand. Real quick, too, thoughts on the quarterback spot, because this is also something that's highly debated, right? Technically, they're the biggest point getters, right? But they yeah. never go first round usually, right? Even in second round, if someone takes it in the second round, you're like, man, you're really just trying to scare people, clearly, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start to see the run all of a sudden. You're like, you're insane. Um, thoughts on the quarterback position, though, and, and, you know, and your kind of philosophy on that, because even though there are guys like Mahomes out there now, I don't are they worth that second-round pick? Yeah. I am I'm not a proponent of quarterbacks before probably round three. Yeah. Um unless I would even maybe stretch and say round four. Yeah, I think I think I think first two rounds I think you're a little crazy. Yeah. I think if you get to round three or four, depending on the group of people you're with, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see yeah. a Mahomes go. If someone would ruin it. If, right? see, yeah. if some people like love Mahomes. Yeah. Like actually generally and likes the Chiefs yeah. and likes Mahomes. Yeah. A third round pick for Mahomes, I'm yeah. like, yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like like there were some guys who are so good and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like for me personally, I really like Justin Herbert. I think yeah. he's gonna have a really good year. Yeah. So if the fourth round came around and he was there, like, uh, it's gonna be really hard for me to go I know he won't make it past again, like yeah, a, yeah. another whip around because right. I know people later right. after that will want him yeah. if he's still there. So I'm like, that's a spot where I'm like, I know who I'm drafting with, and I know I want him. So I probably have to take him a little higher than I want yeah. just so I get him, kind of thing. Yeah, it's just like any draft in real life too, right? It's like this guy's yeah. not going to be here next round. I better take him now. If we, do you like him? Yes, everyone like him. Yep. Guy, sometimes you have to take a guy yeah, that you exactly. really like yep. to take away from other people. Yeah. So. But like generally speaking, I think like Mahomes, Josh Allen. Yeah. I think sometimes that, Lamar because he gets yeah. the running numbers. But there's not like those are that is the short list of people. Yeah. Um, Rogers is not normally on that list. I feel like Rogers would be on that list because he should be because regular season wise. Yeah. He's three and touchdowns, no picks. That's all I care about. And that's all I care about because yeah. we don't do postseason Dak for Prescott, fantasy. Another Prescott guy. is yep. like those are guys who I'm like. I'm not shocked if they go round three or before because they're fantasy gods. Right. Like, they are three touchdowns, one pick, yep. 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Who cares if they win or lose because it's fantasy matter. football. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not shocked if quarterback goes early, especially in our league because I know yeah. Mahomes goes second round in our league every year. Yeah. And I know a lot of people really like Josh Allen. Yeah. So, I'm not shocked if quarterbacks are going to go early in our draft. But I was in a fantasy league one year. Uh, shout out to my boy Gary. Just got married, actually. Good, you know, good shout out to him. First, the first year in, in the same league, he had the first pick overall. Took Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, see, Aaron, first I, I couldn't. Ah, I would I never, like, oh. That's ballsy. And I had picked two, and I took Adrian Peterson, and I ran away. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, so quarterback you know, for me, usually, unless there's a guy I just absolutely love. Like, here's the thing if Josh Allen was there in the third round, it'd be really hard for me to go. I'm not gonna take this guy who's yeah, gonna give right. me a whole bunch of points. Who for I a after wide receiver two. after yeah for a wide receiver two or yeah. a running back three or whatever. Yeah. Like so, I guess it kind of just depends how the board falls for you. Yeah. But I'm generally unless it's like a general like a guy who I'm just like I can't do this without him. I could like yeah. fourth round, fifth round, or later. Especially just... if like the guys you like, like if Herbert goes third round, and a couple other guys I like go. Er- I'm like, I'll wait till the ninth round to yeah, take Derek right, Carr. Right, like I don't exactly. care. Yeah. Like I'll I'll wait a while. Do you think it's better? Last question on this before we move on here. Do you think it's easier, or do you think it's better to not pick your favorites? Like do you, like if you go in with like like everyone knows if you've listened to the show for more than five minutes, you know I'm the biggest Stafford guy ever, right? Yeah. So like. I've always taken Stafford. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Just because I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a dog. Yeah. I, I love him. It's easy to root for him, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. Do you think it's actually better from a results standpoint to be like, nope, let's stick straight to the 
to the analytics I, and I try to avoid that because I always wind up it's like oh I've you know like I was like the guy who would be taking DeAndre Swift I think I think that's the fun part about yeah. fantasy is your 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 inner bias that you don't even really exactly. realize you have no 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 this guy's gonna be good it clouds, crazy, it clouds it clouds the judgment <laughs> of people it's and so, so like like you'll sit there and you'll go okay do I want Stafford or do I want Rodgers and you go, obviously you don't like Rodgers yeah. but you but know you, in the yeah. regular season Rodgers is three He's touchdowns amazing. no picks yeah. every single game yeah. Stafford one game is four touchdowns. Next game is one touchdown, two right, picks. Right. And so, like, from an analytical standpoint, Rodgers is the better pick. Yes. But your bias, You're he gives you like, Stafford. You and that so could, much. This is why <laughs> auto-drafted teams always do so well right. because it's just analytic-based. Right. It's just yep. we're just going to give you best whoever the best available. player available yep. and to help you fill your team out. Yep. And that's why they always do so well is because they're just giving you – Yep. No biased, just picks. Yeah. And that's why they always do well. That's why I can never do well because I have way too many buys. I, I, I will never pick, like, like, I never pick Patrick Holmes because I just don't want to root for that man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll just come on and say it. I yeah. want to root for that guy. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I, and I it just happens. Some previews like, where it's like, man, Rodgers is there in the seventh round. I go, I got to take him. There's no way I can't take yes, him. Yes, you have to. Yeah, it's like you, you have, have to take to. him. But then when like, he plays the lines, it's like, okay, so. This is the one game where I hope you throw four touchdowns. But also, Jared Goff throws five? five? Yeah. <laughs> and we're the odds that that's happening. Probably exactly. pretty low. Exactly. Yeah, so. Uh, it's also like, do I kind of hope you still get hurt? <laughs> yeah. And it's even, like, for me, fantasy basketball is even worse. Because oh, I don't know much, like, yeah. much more about basketball. Yeah. So, I literally, I told everyone, I was like, just give me top three pick. Don't pick Luka. Let me take Luka. I, yeah, I don't care who else is on my team. Yeah. Just, just give, give me, me Luka yeah. so I can root for him. Right. Because yeah, if I don't right. have Luka... I have to sit there and go, I hope Luka does bad. Yeah, and I, I don't want to do that. Luka puts up 50, but Kevin Durant puts up 55. 55? Yeah, but I don't exactly. want Kevin Durant yeah, to put exactly. up 55 because I don't like Kevin Durant yeah. like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, basketball's even that. worse for me because basketball, like, at least football, I'm like, it's like team-oriented for me. Like, yeah, I root yeah, for, for teams sure. generally. Yeah. Basketball, I'm solely player-oriented. And I think that's a lot of people, right? Yeah. I think, like, I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, but, like, I can appreciate, like, I will root for a team like Dallas because I like some of their players. Yes, like I am. I I would go like yeah. Pistons one A, yeah. and then I go. I love Luca, so he right. wherever he if Luca left Dallas, I go screw I Dallas. Yeah, I'm right. out of Dallas. Exactly. Like if he went to Milwaukee, yeah. biggest Milwaukee fans right here. Right, right. I'm just telling you that right now. Yeah. Like I'm just wherever he goes, LeBron same thing. Wherever he goes, I hate Cleveland. If he goes to Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland fan, now. Cleveland fan right here. Yeah, one exactly. B fan right here. So yeah, exactly. so basketball's a lot harder. Football, it's usually it's team, a oriented, team oriented. So I can and like. It always sucks for me too, because I always think because I'm such a Lions fan, right? Where I'm like, oh, we're gonna be better than people think. So yeah. Like, so you, yeah, you're like, well, let me take take like DJ Chark, and yeah, then you exactly. realize that he's not really well, as good. Really good in camp. I go, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get back to that more. Hopefully, this year we'll actually have some footage of the draft. If I can just stop being a lazy piece of crap and actually get it on the YouTube. Page. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Be fun. Yeah, we'll try. Um, all right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's talk Lions, actually. It's the first okay. time in a little while we've actually talked about our lovely Detroit Lions. Um, you know, some news out of camp. It's not bad. It's not bad, right? The offense is clearly far and ahead um, where they were last year. It's not that hard when people don't know what the hell's going on last year. But nonetheless, right, you can tell there's a clear stark contrast. You know, the receiving depth clearly helping Jared Goff quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Goff looks a lot more comfortable in the offense. Um, you're seeing, you know, big step and improvements from guys like Panay Sewell, 
right? You're seeing Derek Barnes play a little bit faster. You're seeing some guys play a little bit. You know, Tracy Walker's back. You've got improvement in the secondary with Okuda coming back now. Overall, you can definitely tell this team is definitely on the upswing, right? Mm -hmm. The fan attendance at the scrimmage was like twice the amount it was last year, highest since the year after they went 11-5. and So you can tell there's buzz around the city, and I think relatively around the league as well that, you know, people are starting to get – there's a big popular vet in Vegas that the Lions somehow win the NFC North this year. Mm -hmm. Dan Campbell, one of the favorites swing coach of the year. Give me your thoughts about this team, just kind of from some of the stuff you're reading, seeing on Twitter. Because, you know, we're not there every day. We can't. We got jobs. We can't go to training camp at 830 in the morning and go see this lie. But from what we are hearing, it seems to be wholesale a notch above where we were last year. Yeah, I think – it is camp, so it's yes. hard to read into it. Yeah, I but... think I think I think my biggest tell generally is when yeah. the preseason games happen yeah. is when I can actually be like, okay, DJ Chark actually because like DJ Chark is a player that would look really good in camp because he's so fast yeah. and just so evasive. Yeah, and so that those are kind of things that like because I remember every year, maybe not like specifically last year, no, not last but there year. but there are a lot of years where it's like, oh, dude, this guy just looks yeah. so good in camp, and then you watch and you go how is he that good in camp when right. he's awful on the field right. kind of thing. So camp camp is like a weird, like everyone, I don't think anyone normally goes to a camp and goes, so this guy just sucks. Like I never, yeah. and we talked, I literally remember saying this last year. Yeah. You can look at this podcast that we did August of last year. <laughs> and like I've said, like you look at like Chiefs camp, it's our Sky Moore. It's just such yeah. a killer. Right, yeah. I'm like, is he really that? Juju Smith. Juju Smith. Clearly the number one. It's like, all right, yeah. calm it down. The Packers, they have this random like six string receiver. He is by far the best receiver and in camp. Gone. And I'm like, <laughs> I I doubt he is the best receiver in camp. Yeah. Like you just get all this like, oh, this team is just gonna be right. so so amazing, right. and it never is how it ends up being. So I don't take what everyone says with a grain of salt until I see it actually, which yeah. is why the preseason game is very important. I'm excited um, for preseason this year i just yeah. want to see because you know it's so vanilla right mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff however in that same vein though a football's back that's number one yeah. right number two i don't know how you feel about it but god do i love overreactions about preseason like the we just had the hall of fame game right a couple days ago first headline comes out of that game trevon walker proves to be worthy of the number one pick. i go let's calm it down he yeah. had a sack unlike kyle slaughter from yeah. the usfl let's that's yeah. maybe pumping. I will, I, and you know to, I mean? to add to the, so yeah. I'm excited for the Lions games in general. Yes, I but am. two of the three teams they play are in the regular season too. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that too, actually. Yeah, that's crazy. But um, I've never seen that. So actually. I've never seen that. Most before. of the time, I, I like they're the really good. It's funny because yeah. like there are teams that are preseason teams, oh, yeah. and there are teams Remember that the are Colts? regular. The Colts when Peyton Manning was there, I think they went like five or six years. They went zero and four in preseason. Yeah, every year. Yeah, and then they would, but, you know, like there there are teams like like Atlanta, yeah, who I just like. I'm very excited. And, like, Tennessee, because yeah. yeah. I'm like, you, you draft Malik that rookie, Willis. Malik Willis, yeah. like, you get yeah. that hype Desmond stuff. Ritter. So, like, we're playing the two teams, the Falcons and the Steelers, yeah. who I'm, like, who to me yeah. are preseason teams for me to watch yeah. because you have, you have a rookie you have a rookie quarterback in there. You have yeah. a lot of younger talent, so they're going to actually play a little more than yeah. normal. Absolutely. So I'm like, oh, I'm actually excited. And the Lions are one of those teams, right? And Lions, are, and Lions would be yes. in there exactly. as – Outside of Jared Goff's play, you'll get Aiden Hutchinson for a drive or two. Yep. You'll get Eric Pascal probably playing a lot of the game yeah. as the back of DN position. Yep. Derek Barnes and um, Malcolm Rodriguez yes. will get a lot of time, yes. I, I'm sure. A lot and, of the secondary guys. And I, think, I assume Akuda will get at least oh, a yeah. quarter oh, just yeah. to be like, hey, get out there because you've been hurt. And, you know, Chris, uh, Chris Harris. Um, oh, what's his name? 
Oh my gosh, not Chris Harris. Anyway, Harris, the safety is now. Will Harris. Harris. Will Harris, yeah. thank you, good lord. Yeah. Um, Jerry Fox, Jacobs yeah. out Fox there. Malafonwu now. Malafonwu. Safety change. So it's yeah. like, you're going to see a lot of young guys because it's the youngest team in the league, mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, man, Hutchinson's still out there after the first three drives. You go, yeah, he needs the yeah, reps he needs against reps. real people. Yeah. You know what I so mean? Like, so that's, that's the thing is, like, yeah. Lions actually this year are going to be fun. Yeah. And they're normally a fun team because they're not generally out there to just be a great yeah. regular season team yep. so they're the preseason team i enjoy watching yep. but even like like seattle with their quarterback battle it's like yeah that's, sure. that's a fun preseason game for me to Absolutely. watch now Absolutely. where normally i'm like all right russell wilson's gonna be a starter so like i don't really like yeah, yeah. I don't, it, like it, they're they're gonna be 11 and 5 so i don't care when you have battles in camp and you don't have a solidified it's a little scary but at the same time it makes preseason a lot more fun to watch yes. because you go all right who is going to be the other starting corner opposite of warrior is yeah. Melifondo going to be the starter? Is it Deshaun Elliott next to Tracy Walker? Yeah. Who's the starting linebackers? Is it Anzalone and Barnes? Does do we see Malcolm Rodriguez get first team reps in those preseason games? Because yeah. he's already getting ones and twos. Yeah. So now he's only might not play, so exactly. you get those Malcolm Rodriguez reps. Right. Like, so it's like, okay, let's yeah. see some of this. Yeah. Stuff. So th- that's the fun stuff for preseason that I yeah. enjoy, and also helps that they're playing like the two teams, like I said, that yeah. are also good preseason teams. So yeah. I can sit there love, and love I'm love like, it. I'm not going to be bored on one side. Like when Desmond Ritter plays the entire. Second last half, three probably. quarters probably or whatever i'm gonna be like marcus mario's gonna play the first half desmond will probably play the second half i go i'm excited because i like to watch both those quarterbacks yes. while watching the lions play so i'm excited it, to see the scheme changes right you know the lions have clearly made an emphasis of throwing outside the numbers in camp right mm-hmm. you've seen it throughout um and defensively right they're gonna be more downhill attacking rather than read and react so yeah. that'll be interesting as well to see kind of how that plays out there's a lot of rooms that are unsettled linebacker corner um safety i, I think it's probably pretty it's kind of established, but you don't know who's going to be playing what snaps. Mm. Um, you know, offensive line even, right? Like, okay, yeah, you got your five starters. But after that, you've got Evan Brown. You've got Tommy Kramer. And then I don't know what. Is Logan Stenberg going to be there? Is I heard he's Dan awful. Stamper? Right, exactly. Is he going to Is he gonna show something on tape, though, that maybe he's not showing on yeah. practice? Defensive line, right? What is that rotation going to look like? There's so many unanswered yeah. questions. It's exciting. It's yeah. extremely exciting to see. Um, yeah, and I think, and we, this yeah. is exactly what we're going to go into, yeah, but I think with the addition game. of Hard Knocks, oh now you get the inside, yes. inside of the Lions games. So you're going to watch the Falcons game live, yep. and you're going to go, okay, that was interesting. I wonder why they did that. Yep. And then when you watch the Hard Knocks episode <laughs> the Tuesday after, or the right. whenever you're going to watch it, yep. um, then you're going to go, oh, this is what they were thinking. Oh, he loved what Jerry Jacobs so, did on that play. Oh, shit, okay. So, I don't know how you feel about this. But for Hard Knocks in particular, mm-hmm. I feel like all Hard Knocks is going to give me, among the many of things, A, it's just going to be cool to see my team on there. But B, it's going to make me feel like I need to run through a wall yes. with Dan Campbell. Yeah, Dan Campbell's sound bites so, are going to be through the roof. They did the preview, like the uh, a minute snippet, right, of like his first speech yeah, to the team. Oh and my I God. was already like, I am re- like, let's strap it up. Let's yeah. go. I was like, how do you not... Yeah. want to play for this man i don't under and i hope yeah. it comes out in the way that people go this guy's got a lot more to him than just the sound bites right yeah. because i think that was kind of the narrative last year right yeah. after his introductory press conference but a lot of people and i've come out and i kind of agree with this i don't think his his press conferences especially when it comes to just him talking about players i don't think it's for i don't think it's for the media mm-hmm. i don't think it's a cleaned up version i think what it is is him talking to the fans and talking to the players through that, right? Where, hey, listen, this is who we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Either you get with that or you're not going to be here. Mm-hmm. There's no 
in between there, right? Yeah. There's no politicking. There's no, well, I don't want to say that because of what? Because of what? Mm-hmm. I don't really care whether or not, you know, did, did you run the ball in third down? Why did you run the ball in third down? This is why. Why is that so hard mm-hmm. to, to talk about? Um, I just think Dan Campbell's going to come out of this and everyone's going to be like, the Lions are a team to be looking out for. I think yeah. is what the, at the end of the day, I think people are going to look out and go, uh oh. Yeah. Like, I think, what if they actually figured it yeah, out? I, yeah. I think, I think my only additional yeah. problem with, Dan Campbell so far yeah. is I feel like he's going to run into the problem that Brandon Staley from Chargers are going to run into. Yeah, maybe some where poor game management. It's going to be poor. One might be some poor game management, which then turns into when he, when people ask him, like you said, when they're yeah. like, why would you run the ball in third and 10? He goes, well, I had a plan, so yeah, I did it. Yeah, right. And it's like, but it's like, but now you gotta like learn from it mm-hmm. because last year he did that a lot in the first yeah. like six games mm-hmm. where it was like why'd you make the decision oh well because it was the best thing for us to win but it was like but then you lost right. and then you didn't change very right. much as through right. like Brandon State is like why'd you go for a fourth one on your own ten yard line why well, like mathematically I thought it was the best chance for us to win okay but fourth it was one. fourth and one on your own ten, 10. Yeah. like there's no way there's no like metric that tells you that's a great idea by any right. means right. so and then he keeps doing it through the season everyone's right. like. When it works, I guess it's fine. Yeah. But even then, you're kind of questioning it. And yeah. then when it doesn't work, it's terrible. Yeah. So that's my only concern so far with Dan Campbell is this, like, time management. Living by the – Living – Going by your gut. Going right? by the gut. Yeah. But then, like, afterwards going – yeah, maybe that was not the Yeah, best. but we're going, oh, yeah, you know, like, this is what we had to do. And, and I appreciate the yeah. idea of him, like – we did it. We thought it was going to work, and it didn't work. Because yeah. he did that multiple times. Like, Last year, you know, we're, listen, maybe that wasn't the right call. I don't know. Yeah, we're like, and we're not going to find out, but, right. like, we have to do it and right. whatever, which I don't absolutely hate because he has the guts to go for it or do these risky yes. things. Yes. But also, I think when the team gets really competitive yes. and they're an 11-4 and team, you're playing the Packers Week right. 18, right. and you do that one call like yeah. Brandon Staley did mm, where you go, yeah. God, you lost us the game because you yeah. had to go for it here instead right, of right. kicking a field goal. Right. Blah, blah blah blah. Then it's like, man, are you learning from past yeah. mistakes? Right. And that's that's my future worry. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily a now worry, a future worry. I might I have. I am so excited for Hard Knocks. Like, I think it'd be I am, a lot of fun. I am very excited. I don't usually watch Hard Knocks because honestly, I don't really care because it's every year it's the Cowboys. I just don't give a shit. But like, I I used to, so like when I, I used to care so, when I was a little bit younger, but now yeah, I'm so like, wait, when I was younger. Like the first couple years it happened or whatever, yeah. because I didn't know all the teams and yeah, everything. It was interesting, it was to, interesting to watch. Like, yeah. oh, that guy's playing on the Miami Dolphins now. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, blah blah yeah. blah. And then like they would go through their thing, and I'd like, oh, okay, this is they got cut here, and blah yeah. blah. It was like fun to like watch the story of the team. Yeah. And then you could watch their week one and two games and go, oh yeah, like I I, I know yeah. all the players on their right, team right, now right, or whatever. Right, yeah, but like the camp. last like two or three years, even three four five years i'm yeah. like i know all the players on this team yeah I don't and care. i don't care who gets cut and who because yeah. like it doesn't really matter to me yeah. like you're gonna cut your seventh round pick i don't care because yeah, exactly. he's a seventh round pick like I, i'm 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 really excited though i think this is gonna do great i think it's gonna do wonders for the team i think it's gonna do wonders for the image of the detroit lions in a lot of respects yeah um i'm really i'm just really excited to kind of see because this is the first time really because if, if patricia and quinn were still here we would not have this there's no way unless it was like lions signed up like we'll do it yeah. So like it's a totally no Patricia did not want oh, hard knocks. Yeah. I think they 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 wanted the lines on hard knocks. I think that third year and they were yeah. like we don't want to do it. Yeah. No. Like we're just a disaster here. Yeah. Um, and there were like four other teams that yeah. like wanted to do it. So like all right, well we won't yeah. do it to a team that doesn't want it. I am. Um, I think it's going to be a great. I think it's going to be great for the lines. I think it's going to be one of those things where you're just going to look at it and go okay. You know, you just get that little bit more glimpse of understanding why this team's the way it is, what they're doing, and all that. So I think it's going to be awesome. I'm I'm really yeah. really really excited. 
Um, we'll talk about that next week because Tuesday, the 9th, is the first episode. So hopefully maybe we'll do just a little bit of a review of the first episode, kind of what we liked, what we didn't like, that kind of stuff. I think it'll be interesting. Um, all right, Mike, main event. Let's get to it. AFC North, positional rankings. Um, you know, we've only got one division left after that. I'll let people, you know. Do the math. Yeah, on that which one. which one do you think we I say wonder... we we I think we saved the best for last. Oh, absolutely. I'm not I'm not like a hundred percent sure. Oh no, we did. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. It's like it's one of those things where it's like I wish it, I could be like, well, this no. I'm not saying that we planned this out to save the best for last. We did. I definitely planned this out to save the best absolutely. for last. And then obviously we're gonna go through conference, uh, the each division winner to see who's the best in the conference. Yeah, and then all that good stuff. Yeah, if I can, if we mathematically plan it out, I think this week we do this. Next week we do AFC West. Yep. The two week, the co- two coinciding weeks after that we do div- conference divisional winners yep. from each of these last eight weeks. Yep. I think that last week, if my math is correct, is that Sunday that we draft, but yep. it's also the Sunday before the season starts right. where we can do our full conference ranking, yep, exactly. and that's probably around the time when we'll do the pick every single game of the season yes. with Kyle here Exciting. around that time maybe the week before we might Exciting. tape it or something yeah. but and then we should go right into the season if we did the math right I'm very excited so very exciting um all right Mike let's get to it AFC North yeah, AFC North all right so AFC North it's the Bengals it's the Steelers it's the Ravens it's the Browns just so yeah I was I was about to say that but yes yes those are the four um I don't know so we will start off with the quarterback position here already starting hot uh, starting hot we start the same every single week yep don't change it up on you. So, Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, you have Lamar, our MVP three years ago, Lamar Jackson. It's already been three years. It really has been because Aaron Rodgers is back-to-back. So, it's Crazy. really three years ago. Um, Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Bengals obviously have Super Bowl attending quarterback from last year, Joe Burrow. Did not win. Super Bowl attending. I'm going to say that for every Bengals player. <laughs> well, they went to the Super Bowl last year. Sounds so bad. <laughs> um, the Cleveland Browns have a sticky situation, so they have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he is going to miss. I think we should go with Deshaun in this positional ranking. Yes, just because he's the guy for the next four years. Yes. It's not Jacoby Brissett. No. It's, so yeah, so Deshaun Watson will miss six games as of yeah. as of this recording. Yeah. Um, but he will be the starting quarterback probably sometime this year, if not, like you said, for the next yeah. four years. He yeah. has to be. You know what? He has to be the starting quarterback yeah. for the next four yeah. years they because he, they money. gave him four years of guaranteed money. If they cut him, they actually can't cut him. Yeah, they literally can't. They literally, his dead cap number is too high. They don't have enough cap room to cut him and have enough money to field the team. So they cannot cut him. It's a really smart move by Cleveland. And then quarterback for the Steelers, we can. I'll throw Mitch Trubisky there. So Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett are in a battle. I've heard Mason Rudolph been the best of the three. I, yeah, I've heard Trubisky has been struggling. Yes, with the and one. Kenny Pickett is listed as third. So, yeah, so so by far they're four. So it I doesn't going to be four regardless. Yes. Um, outside of that, though, I think the other three are very interesting. Um, I would say, I would say right now, I think Deshaun has to be three. Yeah, because he hasn't played last year, exactly. so I think that's tough to yeah. like. You don't know the drop off that he may have had yeah. from missing a year. I think I think Burrow has to be one. Right yes, now. Um, and and Lamar's two, but La- yes. Lamar and Burrow and yeah. Watson are all I think yeah. relatively close. Like I would love to have all three of them on mm-hmm. my team. Well, I think the problem is going to wind up being right is can Lamar get it done when the lights are on bright? Yeah, you haven't seen that. Yeah, Burrow we've we, I've seen that. Joe Shasty come out yeah. and just. Dart this is a big up. year for Joe Burrow, though, because everyone's already touting him and Herbert as like the next kings of the of the castle here, along with like Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah, and that may be so, but 
it seems like you have to do it again now. Yeah. You, you, like, if you're Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals, you can't go eight and nine this year. Yeah. That is not okay. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, you got to so, win at least you know 10. I mean? You got to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So, running backs. Baltimore Ravens, we got J.K. Dobbins, we got Gus Edwards, and Mike yeah. Davis. We'll yeah, stop sure. there, but we'll stop with the two. Um, Bengals, we got Joe Mixon, Samaje Perrine, and Chris Evans. Yeah. We'll stop there. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. Now, Kareem Hunt has requested, requested a trade. trade. Yeah, I so think they did. denied it or they something. Did. So, who knows if he's going to be on the team. I don't but, know that's the thing. Pay me. No. Well, trade me. No. Well, crap. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll sit here and play it. <laughs> I know. Um, so, but uh, big name is uh, Nick Chubb there. Yeah. He and then um, Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris with Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. Um, so Najee Harris. Yeah, so Najee Harris. Um, I think this is actually the most competitive running back room we've probably talked about in yeah. terms of all four. Um, I would not say really a dud in this. So I would say Nick Chubb's pretty much one. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. he's probably one of the best running backs in general in football. Yes. Um, but after that, I think two is Najee. I, I was gonna say that yeah, Najee. Three by Joe Mixon and four yeah. is J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins because he hasn't been healthy. The hard part though for me slightly with Dobbins is you got J.K. Dobbins. You also have Gus Edwards, who I right, really like. Right. I don't know if, like, the Bengals don't really have that two. Yeah. And so the Steelers don't have that two. fine. I really liked him out of college, actually. Like, he was a dog in college. Yes. Um, but I think Mixon is a clear upgrade over Dobbins right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Dobbins yeah. has yet, because Dobbins, his only year before he blew out his leg, right, was he had Mark Ingram there. So they had that rushing attack where he, he was starting to take Ingram's job. That's why they cut him. But he, he hasn't necessarily been the number one guy yet. Yeah. So I think it's hard. I think him and Gus Edwards together are going to be probably top five rushing team in the league with Lamar. Mm-hmm. And the scheme, I think the scheme helps as yes. well. But I think Mixon is a better option overall. Yes. You can catch on the backfield. He's a, he's a very good running back. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I would have the order also. I mean, honestly, but I think, it's, I think but, all four of these guys, all four of these teams are going to be in the top half of the league rushing. So I, I don't do. think it's going to be one yeah. of those things where it's like, oh, I, yeah, I'm, I think like I'm, this, I'm terrible this is one of those out. weird situations where we have a, a four. Yeah, who's not. But who's not, who's a top yeah. half four. Right. Like, I think we're going to do that a lot with the AFC West next week where we go quarterbacks. They're all top ten. Yeah. So it's just how you want to rank them right. kind of thing. But it's you have to rank that's one. You have to rank one four. So. Gus, so J.K. Dobbins gets four. I'm very interested to see your quarterback rankings next week. Anyways. You got two, oh. you got two of your boys in there. I know. <laughs> it's, it's not easy, Rob. It's not easy. Who do you root for? I don't I know. know. Right? It's like, eh. All right. Wide receiving room. So, Baltimore Ravens, we got Rashad Bateman, oh, Devin boy. Duvernay, and James Prochet, the third or the second. Yeah. Um, not the best wide receiver Good room Lord, here. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Um, nice. Cleveland Browns, Diamond Peoples Jones, Amari Cooper, David Bell, rookie out of yep. Purdue. Purdue. Yep. Yeah. Uh, imagine when I remember that was Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. And they got no. And then the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Chase Claypool. All right, so one is Cincinnati. Cincinnati by a yeah, lot. It's not even Cincinnati close. has one of the best receiving groups. T. Higgins is so underrated. 
he's is so, so underrated. Oh he's been God. good since college. They took him in the second round, like the first pick of the second round with Joey B yeah. that year. Yeah. And he's been really – Jamar Chase is the splashy guy. T. Higgins is, I'm going to do everything else but the splashy yeah. thing. And Tyler Boyd's like – like A solid A solid three. three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he would be a two on some other – like if he was in Atlanta, he'd be the number two to Drake London. Yes. Like that's that's really – you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, they're one. I would say Steelers are two. Yes, Down to Johnson, Chase Claypool alone. Yes. Adding uh, George Pickens is great. Their numbers are going to be worse because they don't know who's playing quarterback. But yeah. from a talent standpoint, Claypool is a very Claypool was awesome his rookie yeah. year. Claypool talking about going back to fantasy yeah. is like going down to like round nine and ten. Oh, no. And I'm like, don't tell anybody. Yeah, I'm like, do not. <laughs> yeah. Everyone that's drafting, don't listen to this because yeah. if I got him in the tenth round, yeah, I know. Okay, I, I drafted him a few times as well. Um, but yeah, so there I have them at two. I have Browns at three. Yes. And whatever the Baltimore Ravens are putting out, wide receiver. Rashad Bateman better be ready to go because that's the guy. Yeah, I like Rashad Bateman a lot coming out of school. I think Devin Duvernay is like okay, and yeah, the rest he's, are, he's a yeah. little bit more speedy. Yeah, um, but yeah, getting rid of Marquise Brown, I they think did hard. not help themselves with the Lamar narrative that he can't throw when you haven't given him anybody to get the ball to. Yeah, like if Odell doesn't go back to the Rams, I would really have him consider going to Baltimore. I think it's. Baltimore and Green Bay, yeah. I think are two spots that yeah. like Odell would be awesome right. for. I think Odell should go back to LA because he clearly I think, found his rhythm. I think I think I think Baltimore, Green Bay, and San Francisco yeah. would all love yeah. to have Odell. Yeah. Just as a receiving time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh tight end room. I wonder who's gonna win this one, Rob. Yeah. This one's this close. Is, this yeah. is a close one. Yeah. Sure. So Baltimore Ravens. I close for second, third, and fourth. I guess. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens have this little guy known Mark Andrews. Yeah. I think he's pretty good. I don't know. It was funny. He took Dennis Pitta, and Dennis Pitta was a top ten tight end for years before yeah. he really jacked his hip up. But so like, yeah, they've always had good. Tight they've ends. always had good tight ends, except for that time they took uh, Hayden Hurst. That was a rough go yeah. before Lamar, yeah. which is crazy. Talk about Hayden Hurst. Cincinnati Bengals have Hayden Hurst as their yeah. starting tight end. Really? Yep. Wow. Uh, also, Drew I've... Samples there, who was their Ooh, backup yeah, from last year. Sure. Cleveland Browns have David Njoku and Harrison Bryant. Yes. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have Pat Firemuth and Zach Gentry. Zach Gentry, former Michigan man. Mm-hmm. So, I, did, I mean, this is like, like the receiving room. This one's not close. Baltimore's no. got one in tight end pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I would say I think Cleveland has two. I Cleveland, think Cleveland slightly. Yeah, I think Dumb and Pat Farmuth are close. I think Cincinnati's a hard four uh-huh. for tight end. They weren't going to be even with Uzma, who signed in New York. Yeah, I don't think either yeah, he's they he's, they, he's they've not, never relied on the tight end spot when you have three they really had good. Jermaine Gresham, he's their last tight end who was really good mm-hmm. that they took early. Ever since then, it's never yeah. been. They, like this year, they're solely relying on run game and your three stud wide receivers. Well, you don't to need be anybody good. else. Yeah. Shit, I mean, good lord. So yeah, so I would mixing out in the slot. So I would go. I'd go Ravens. Yeah. Uh, your pick between Browns and Steelers, and then Bengals. At least. Yeah, I'd, I would say probably the Browns. I like Njoku. Njoku's a freak. Yeah, Njoku's awesome. Uh, I like to know Joku a lot more when they had uh, who's their Austin who, Hooper. Austin Hooper because that just took a lot of pressure off of David Njoku. But now he's like the only tight end, so yeah. kind of hurts. Harrison Bryant's kind of the same mold as him too, so it doesn't really yeah. help. Offensive lines from left tackle to right tackle. Oh boy. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. Ronnie Staley, Ronnie Staley yep. Ben Powers, Tyler Lindenbaum, mm-hmm. Kevin Zietler, and Morgan Moses. Not bad. Not bad. Actually, pretty good. I would mm-hmm. I would take that offense. Ronnie line. Staley's a stud. Yep. Uh, Bengals, we got Jonah Williams, Jackson Carmen, Ted Caress, Alex Kappa, Leo Collins. It's not bad either. 
Not bad. That was the Bengals, you said? That was the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, Brown, I think I lay out Collins. Yeah. Browns got Jedrick Wills Jr., Joel Bidonio, mm-hmm. Nick Harris, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. And Pittsburgh Steelers, I have Dan Moore Jr., Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole, James Daniels, and Chukuma Okafor. Sure. The right tackle. Um, okay, so I got Baltimore at one. Baltimore's one. I think um, Browns are two. Browns are two. I think Cincinnati's three. three. And Pittsburgh's four. Yeah. I, what's funny about this, though, is that like Cincinnati this year made a concerted effort. Yes, they did. They were like, they drafted no. a guy. Yeah. They yeah. signed like two Leo guys. Collins like, came in. They were like, no, 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 this needs to get resolved quickly. So yeah. that's why I'm saying that was the biggest hole. Yeah. Burrow cannot take 25 sacks in, a, exactly. in two playoff games again. Yeah. That just cannot happen. Yep. Yeah. So that Agreed. is, that is your full offense for all four of these teams. So how would we rank the offenses? Um, I have Cincinnati one. Baltimore two, Baltimore two, Cleveland, Cleveland three, yeah. Steelers four. Yeah, gotcha. That's exactly how I would have yeah. it. I think the steel. I think this is going to be Mike Tomlin if they are five hundred this year. If they're nine and eight, mm-hmm. and they miss the playoffs, but if they're nine and eight, it's Mike Tomlin's greatest coaching he's ever done. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, seriously. Because with we're going to go over the defense, which is a little bit better, but offensively, man, the quarterback spot for you is rough. They're mm-hmm. going to run the ball. Najee Harris is probably going to be a great take in fantasy because he's going to get. A gajillion and twelve carries mm-hmm. because that's how we do things. All here. their quarterbacks are kind of poo poo right now. All right, defenses. This one's always the fun part. Oh yeah. All right, Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. So, <laughs> all right. So we are going to go D lineman here. Okay. So if you're an out, if you're listed here on ourlads.com as an outside linebacker, you count as a linebacker. Yep. So defense, our uh, defensive line for the Baltimore Ravens: Calais Campbell. Michael Pierce, Justin uh, Matabuki, and Odafe Uwe. Oh, yeah. Uwe. The rusher. Yeah, Uwe. Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll throw in the noble David Ojabo because he's from Michigan. But yeah. he's, yeah, yeah, he's he, going to be rotational. But he's going to be rotational yeah, once uh, he gets healthy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. We got Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Trey Hendrickson. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Jadavian Clowney, Jordan Elliott, Tavon Bryan, Miles Garrett. They're, and they're decent. Their defensive tackles are poo. And then uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Larry Uganobi, mm-hmm. Tyson Alalu, and Cameron Hayward. Mm-hmm. These are all really good. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Um, uh, so I would personally go. Honest. I think I like I like Baltimore. C- okay, because I like Cincinnati. Yeah, I was I like, like re- Sam Hubbard, way. Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reed. I was like, I don't really hate yeah, any of I these guys. Like, yeah. I mean, um, Cincinnati. So, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll lean your way. Yeah, Cincinnati's one. one. Baltimore oh. Ravens two. 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 Ooh. Yeah, I, I think here's why. I think the Z tackle hurts yeah, Cleveland a lot. a lot more. Right. I think they have a better consistent front four mm-hmm. than Cleveland. Because here's the thing, Jadavian Clowney. Is not Jadavian Clowney of no, four was, years ago. No, it so it's really just yeah. Miles Garrett yeah. and a bunch of guys that are okay. Like yeah. Dave and Brian's a former first round pick, but it's like his third team. Mm-hmm. So I think if we're looking at it objectively, I think Cleveland's three. Yeah, and, and then, then Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's four. This is old. Yeah, Pittsburgh's defensive line is old. Now, when you add the outside linebacker play, That's they different. probably shoot up to one. Yes, but right or as of right, rush, but yes. yes, but as a defensive line standpoint, yes. I think it goes Cincinnati one, Baltimore two, Cleveland three, Pittsburgh four. Yeah, I like all those defensive fronts. Those are also pretty, yeah. all pretty good. All right, listed as linebackers yep. 
for the Baltimore Ravens. We got weak side linebacker Patrick Queen, middle linebacker Josh Bynes, strong side linebacker Tyrus Bowser. Yep, he's a pass rusher as well. Yeah, he's also a pass rusher. Yep. But, uh, Cincinnati Bengals here. We got Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Just two linebackers listed. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns have JOK. Yep. He's got a long ass name, so I'm yeah. not saying it all. But JOK is weak side linebacker. Anthony Walker Jr., and that's it. So just the two. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. Left outside linebacker, T.J. Watt. Linebacker, Devin Bush. Linebacker, Miles Jack. Outside linebacker, Alex Highsmith. God, I forgot to sign Miles Jack, dude. Son of a bitch. Um, so, linebacker play, oh, Pittsburgh's one. Yeah. Baltimore's two. Yep. Cleveland's three. Yep. Cincinnati's four. Yep. Yeah, their linebacker's not great. Cincinnati's back half is not great no. by any stretch. They no, better I, get Jesse Bates... Signed. Yeah, because they really need him. Yeah. Um, and then like, don't be don't be Cincinnati about it. Right mm-hmm. now. Like, just you got a good thing going. Yeah. Keep the guys that want to be there. Yeah. Like, don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. And then secondary going from left corner, safety, safety to right corner. Yep. We got Baltimore Ravens, Marcus Peters, Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, and then we can throw in Kyle oh, Hamilton because he's the first round pick. Spot. Yes. So that's their. Jesus, that's a great. And segment. Kyle Fuller is their nickelback. That's awesome. That's a freaking great secondary. Cincinnati. Marcus Peters being your second is yeah. Since, stupid. Cincinnati Bengals got uh, lockdown corner Eli Apple. <laughs> you're such you're such a dick. It's like it's like he's already yeah. like you know what I mean. Like it's like oh, okay. oh god, poor guy. All right, cornerback uh, Eli Apple, Ugh. safety Von Bell, safety Jesse Bates, right corner uh, Chidobi Awuzi. Yep. And then um, Dax Hill is also there. He drafted yeah. in the first round. I love Dax Hill. He'll probably play the slot, so we'll put him in nickel corner. But, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, corners for the Cleveland Browns. We got Denzel Ward, left corner. Grant Delpit, safety. John Johnson, the third, safety. Greedy Williams, corner. Greg Newsom, the second, nickel corner. Which also, all of those names I feel like we've talked about on this podcast the last two years in drafts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember going, like, yeah. will the Lions pick Greedy Williams? Yeah, right? Yeah. Green <laughs> like, Delpit's really good. Yeah, Green Delpit was a really yeah. good safety. Yeah. I, like, remember these talks, yeah. like, two years ago or three years ago. Cleveland is the ultimate Madden team. Yeah. It's like, oh, I recognize all those guys. Those are all my favorites from the draft. And then immediately you go, yeah, they're just okay as pros. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, so that's their secondary. And then uh, Pittsburgh secondary here, we got Levi Wallace corner. Terrell Edmonds, safety. Mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick, safety. Like, Akilah Witherspoon, right corner. Cameron Sutton is a nickelback. Yeah, their corners are just rough. Not there. Yeah. Um, so number oh, – hold on. Let me – I got to pull this back up. So Baltimore's one. Baltimore's one. I don't, it's not even one yeah, I don't think it's really all that close. Cleveland's a two in my book. Really? Like a little oh, lower God, two. Tough. Yeah, that's tough for and me. And then Cincinnati's a three and Pittsburgh's a four. Yeah. Pretty far forward. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick's awesome, but outside of that. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick is really good, but yeah. they have no corners. I guess Cleveland um, probably too. Uh, Cincinnati yeah, to me, well, my thing is Cincinnati has two good safeties and I guess uh, yeah, okay corners. Okay corners. Yeah. I think Cleveland's got Denzel two Ward. good safeties, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, who I think yeah. are all at least good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. But but Baltimore's by far one. Baltimore is stupid. Yeah. Baltimore is like. So Baltimore is by shit. far one in corner. Cleveland's two. Good Cincinnati's Lord. three. So in terms of defenses here. Baltimore. Baltimore by far is yeah. number one. Holy shnikes. Um, Two. I, I think, think it might be Cleveland. Yeah. I, 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 it's 
Not great, but yeah. I, because Pittsburgh's secondary is terrible. Yes. And I think TJ Watt helps so yeah. much. So, like, my thing is, I think from an overall defense, Cleveland's probably better. I like Cincinnati's front yeah. four more. Yeah. Actually, I like their – yeah, I'll put Cincinnati at three. Yeah, yeah. and Pittsburgh's four. Which is weird to say Pittsburgh's the fourth best defense in this division. Yeah. But it's what it's looking like. Yeah. And so in, in calculation, yeah. when you have in total of all these teams – Offense and defense. Steelers are four. Yeah. Because I think they were four on offense, too. So yeah. they're just four. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore's one. Because I think they average out better than Cincinnati will. And then... I think it's Cincinnati's. I think Cincinnati's two. two. And Cleveland's three. Yeah. It's crazy. And I kind of think that's how the actual season's going to... If, if Baltimore could just stay healthy. If they can stay healthy. For the love of yeah. God. Stay healthy. I think it's pretty much a wrap there. I think Lamar's going to come out with a vengeance this mm-hmm. year. Low-key. Yeah, I would be I mean, shots. I don't think his passing numbers are going to be like 4,000 yards by any stretch, uh-huh. but I think he's going to run for at least 1,000. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think he's going to be have one of those years where it's just like, God bless America. Mm-hmm. It's going to be stupid. But All right, next week, guys, AFC West. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. AFC West, we'll probably do a Hard Knocks review as well, yeah. just to kind of go in there. Um, obviously, we'll talk if Kevin Durant gets traded. I'm just going to keep mentioning it every episode until it actually happens. And yeah. it's like, he got traded to the Bulls. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah, I don't understand. Who's he playing with? Nobody. Um, yeah, they traded Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball and yeah. DeMar DeRozan for him. And yeah. go, cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merc, so Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. We will see you guys, as always, next time.